Welcome to our once a week podcast entitled What's in a Hymn. It reflects on some of the hymns that God's people have sung for generations. Today we reflect on the hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain? This is probably one of the most joyful of Charles Wesley's hymns, expressing like no other the wonder and joy of receiving salvation. According to all the background material on this hymn, it was written immediately following his conversion on May the 21st, 1738. When he experienced the new birth, the work of God's grace in his life, he could not contain himself. He was so full of joy and wonder. Not many hymns begin like this one with a question. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood. However, the question is not an expression of doubt, but of wonder and awe. Here is amazement being expressed that Jesus, the Saviour, should die for him. Then follows two rhetorical questions. Died he for me, who caused his pain? And for me, who him to death pursued? Wesley could not get his mind around the wonder that he whose sins caused Jesus' death should receive benefit from that death. The first verse finishes with this statement and question. Amazing love, how can it be that thou my God should die for me? Here is sheer amazement being expressed that the Son of God in his love for Wesley should die for him. This verse is very typical of Wesley's poetic style. The second verse continues this sense of awe with its opening line. Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. It is indeed beyond comprehension that God in his love and mercy should give himself up to the cross to die. As the verse goes on to say, who can understand it? Who can explore his strange design. Even the chief of angels cannot fathom the depth of this divine love for sinners. In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. So rather than try and figure it all out because we can't, we must acknowledge with adoration, tis mercy all, let earth adore. Let angel minds inquire no more. Verse 3 speaks of Jesus' incarnation and humiliation, echoing Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. There are those who would say that when Wesley wrote, emptied himself of all but love, he was saying that Jesus, when he took on human nature, gave up or lost something of his divine attributes. The Bible is clear, whether we fully understand it or not, that Jesus on earth was truly God and truly man. He never gave up any of his divinity. Actually, Wesley knew this, for in another hymn he wrote these words. 
Let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree, to praise in songs divine the incarnate deity, our God, contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. It seems to me that emptied himself of all but love is a poetic phrase by Wesley because he is so lost in wonder at God's love for him. Verse 4 is very descriptive, very poetic. It describes Wesley's spiritual condition and how it was changed by Jesus' death on the cross. He sees himself as a prisoner of sin, chained in a dark dungeon by the sins he had committed, made captive by the sin that was part of his human nature. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Wesley borrows a line from a popular story of romantic fiction of his day. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. This symbolises God's love and power coming down to release the captives to sin. The release from sin's captivity is described like this. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. Verse 5, echoing Romans chapter 8 verse 1, describes Wesley's standing before God because he is in Christ. There is no condemnation and clothed in Christ's righteousness, he has bold access to the throne of God. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Old I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. What a wonderful hymn concerning the grace of God to sinners. Does it not rejoice your heart? And we cannot truly fathom it. In the words of the Puritan minister Ralph Venning, there is no reason to be given for grace, but grace. Amen. <laughs>